there. My name is Kelsey, and this is Souls Searched, which is a diary of sorts where I discuss my dating history and hopefully try to learn something from it. Hopefully you can learn something too. I hope, at the very least, it's entertaining. So today we'll be talking about Ian. Um, how old is he? Uh, he must be in his early 30s. I think he's like 33, maybe 34. Um, cause I, yeah, I think he was like 29, maybe about to turn 30. Um, and I was 23 about to turn 24 when we met, um, his occupation. He is a fisherman in Alaska, which means he's like gone for a couple months out of the, out of the year. Um, he'll like go on these trips for like a couple months at a time, a few times a year. Um, so yeah, it, and I actually realized that I went through this phase of dating fishermen. So I went through a phase like where I dated military guys. I went through a phase where I dated scientists. I went through another phase where I dated fishermen. It wasn't planned. It just happened to be the types of guys I was finding myself uh, attracted to for a while. Um, but it was just funny to kind of see these patterns come up. Right. So this was like one of the fishermen I dated in this like fisherman phase, I guess. Um, try saying that five times fast. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, and that was something that was really appealing to me. I was like, Oh, he like won't be bothering me for a couple months out of the year. That's pretty cool. Um, and just in general, I really value my independence and, you know, space in a relationship. And so that was pretty appealing to me to say the least. Um, when, where, how'd we meet? (laughs) Um, so we met through a mutual friend, uh, in a kind of unexpected way. So my friend that I would go hang out with at Three Lions, um, the comic friend of mine that I would like go there specifically to that mic to go see. Um, so I was like trying to feel out if anything was going to happen with him. Like I had a huge crush on him. Well, still kind of do. Um, but I wasn't like, I wasn't sure if that was something that was going to happen or not. And I kept getting these weird mixed signals from him. And like, he would invite me to come over and we'd hang out and like do a podcast. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's like a professional relationship. And then one time he made me dinner while I was over there. And then I was like, oh, maybe he's like trying to like build that. Right. Like maybe we're trying to do that. And then I heard later that he also made dinner for someone else. And it was like, okay, well maybe he just makes dinner for people. Okay. (laughs) Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. And then we would like see each other at three lions and we would hang out and I was like, okay, yeah, maybe there is something here. And then, uh, a couple weeks before this happened, um, he, so he has a friend of ours, um, that we were all mutual friends with. Um, but before we were like friends, I had like seen her comment something on his Facebook and I thought she was so funny and so cool. And I had said to him like in confidence, like I really like your friend, Adrian, I'd really like to be friends with her, but I don't know how to like initiate that friendship. Right. 
And so he surprised me by bringing her to Three Lions with him. And so I got to meet her in real life. And I was like so nervous because I just like really wanted to be her friend. And so I was like, oh my God, you know, Adrian's so cool. I really like her. Oh, she's so fun. And so we became friends because he like facilitated that. Um, but it was really funny. I was just like so nervous to like meet his friend. And I was always like gushing about how cool I thought she was. And so he like did that. And then like, uh, a week or two after this, um, I ended up meeting Scott. So like we were kind of starting that off, but like uh, maybe a couple weeks after that, um, he, he said like, Oh, by the way, you know, some of my friends are having a party, um, at this pool hall in like in Linwood, you should come out and, you know, come hang out with me. And I was like, sure. So like, Oh, and then, like, there was a time where we were hanging out at the Three Lions, and this was, like, before I met Scott, but, um, he, so we were, like, chatting, and, um, he, like, uh, he, like, gave me, like, a hug, and he, like, touched my back, and my shirt, like, had, like, a cutout, so the back was open, and so he, like, touched my back, and he, like, made this face, and then I was like, oh, is this, are we, is this, are we jiving right now? And then nothing happened. <laughs> and I think he's just a very shy dude, and um, I'm sure he's, like, afraid of rejection. Everybody is. But, like, I had given him these opportunities to, like, make a move, and I was, like, too afraid to make a move because I'm, like, I couldn't tell because I kept getting these weird mixed messages from him on, like, if he wanted me to, like, make a move on him. But, like, we're friends, so I didn't want to be, like, wrong about that and be a creep. I don't know. But anyway, so there was a lot of, like, back and forth on whether or not he was trying to make something happen. And I was, like, pretty flirtatious with him, but I don't know if he was necessarily picking up on that. So anyway, I was getting all sorts of mixed signals from him and wasn't sure, like, what was going on. Still to this day, I have no idea if he's interested in me or not. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure I can go into that at some point, too. But I was just super awkward and weird around him. But then he invites me to this this party. And this was when I was like, okay, maybe he does want me to, like, hang out, right? And so I went to this party, and, like, I show up. I'm, like, wearing this, like body tight sequin dress and it was like real sexy and you know like real short and just looked phenomenal I get so many compliments on that dress and I had these like gorgeous heels on and I had this like pretty obnoxious like showy um faux fur coat right um that I like altered myself and was real proud of um but yeah so I like showed up with this like very like uh extra outfit, right? Because I was like, I want to look hot, right? Um, And so I show up and I go in and and I find him in this like sea of people. And he was like, oh yeah, you you look really good. He's like, I like your dress, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, thank you. (laughs) You know, um, and so right when that happened, so we're chatting for a minute and he's like playing pool with some of his friends. And then one of his friends, like from high school, I think like sees him and is like, Oh, Hey man. And so they like grab him and like kind of drag him away. And so I'm just sitting here by myself and was like, well, I came here to like kind of impress this guy that I've been crushing on. And now I really don't know, like he didn't invite me to come talk to his friends or anything. So I just was like awkwardly standing there. Like, what do I do? So I like got a, I got a drink and I was just kind of sitting there sipping and, you know, just kind of chilling out. And then this guy comes up to me. And so that's how I meet Ian. 
And so we were sitting and chatting and like really hitting it off. And like, if you guys haven't noticed, I love redheads. I think they are so cute. I like, I just, I love redheaded guys. I don't know. I'm just, I got a weak spot for them. So yeah, I was just like, really interested in him and he was like oh yeah you know like um I'm a fisherman in Alaska you know I do all sorts of stuff and you know telling me all about his job and he also was like in the coast guard and I was like oh that's so sexy you know it's like a fisherman like a coast guard guy and you know just like very like macho type of job right and so I I was very attracted to him and we were really hitting it off so like again I went to that party like trying to feel things out with my friend and then I ended, <laughs> I ended up hitting it off with this other guy and and then like for the rest of the night I didn't really see my friend he was off you know visiting with his friends and I was like oh I'll catch up with him later um but then you know me and Ian were really hitting it off um so you know I was there for a little while and I really just kind of wanted to make an appearance and so I was getting ready to leave and he was like oh here you know take my number you know um I'm having a Christmas party in a couple days you should come out to my place um I live out in Bothell you know so you should come out to my ranch because he has like horses and stuff and I was like yeah yeah, yeah, that'd be really fun. And so in terms of, you know, our first date, our first date was like that night where I went to his party, his house party that he was throwing. Um, yeah. So I was, I think I was like, I went somewhere with some friends that night. So I want to say this was on Christmas Eve. So my family never celebrates the holidays on the holidays. I'm from a huge family. I have 10 siblings. So we, it's just, everybody pretty much has their own family. So we never actually do the holidays on the holidays. It's always like some other time, like usually we'll have Christmas in January. Right. So I was like free on Christmas Eve and I was like out with some friends and he, uh, he was like, Oh, are you coming out to the party? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I left, um, after doing that and hanging out with people and then went to the party. And, um, again, he was like, he had this like little, you know, patch of land, you know, he had acreage, he had horses, um, and, you know, kind of lived out in the middle of nowhere in Bothell. Um, and so I pull up and, you know, the party's kind of dying down. It's him and like a handful of friends at this point. And it was getting kind of late, you know, um, it was actually funny. I was like, do you want me to pick up anything? He's like, yeah, if you can pick up some beers and like maybe some snacks. So I got like chips and I went to, uh, like a store to, to get beer. And I realized it was past like the time where you can buy alcohol. And like, I don't, I'm not a huge drinker. So I totally forgot that was a thing that let in Washington state, you can only buy like alcohol during certain times of day. So yeah, they were like, you can't buy alcohol right now. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I just went over there and got, you know, snacks. And, um, so I show up and I was like, yo, I got Cheetos. Uh, and I told him I couldn't get beer and he's like, that's fine. Um, and so we were all sitting outside like around this bonfire and we were just chatting and, um, I was, you know, talking to one of his friends and, uh, his friend's girlfriend and I wish I could remember her names. I, I want to say his name was James. Can't remember his girlfriend's name, but then it was James, James's girlfriend and then James's brother. Um, 
And then I want to say there was a couple other people, but they were inside sleeping because um, they had just gone gone pretty hard already. Um, so, yeah, you know, we were just sitting out there while the fire was, like, kind of dying out and chatting. And, you know, we are just kind of getting to know each other and stuff. And so we were out there, and then he was talking about the horse. Uh, I think it's, the horse's name was Oscar. <laughs> and he was, like, trying to get me to go over and, like, pet Oscar and like say hello and it was really cool very magical um but yeah you know we're just like walking around his farm like in the middle of the night and um you know just kind of hanging out and really jiving with each other um and so again I'm not a big drinker so I didn't have anything to drink but you know we were just chilling out and he was a little tipsy um but yeah, you know, he was real flirty, real cuddly, and, like, really affectionate, and, like, he had this blanket, and he was, like, wrapping this blanket around me, we're just, like, walking around and chatting, and then at some point we went and sat out in the field, and we're just, like, you know, sitting there chatting, and it was really nice, you know, it was a really cool first date, um, and, uh, it was, it, it got real late real quick, and so he said something like, oh, you know, you can just stay at my place, I have a guest room, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure, um, and so I ended up staying at his place, and, uh, I remember while we were all around the fire, I had said something like how, we were talking about thrifting or, or something and I'd said something like, Oh yeah. Like I, I was at Goodwill the other day and I found a Chanel purse for like $10 and it's like an authentic Chanel purse. And I was like, it's just so crazy to me that people don't realize how, how much something is worth. And I was like, that's yeah, it's like a designer bag and I got it for such a good deal and I'm so in love with it, which is so stupid because like, it wasn't like I was bragging. I was just really excited that I got such a deal on it, you know? Um, Um, and I, would also found like a really pretty, like Calvin Klein purse too. So I was just like, so excited to like have a designer bag. Like that's not something I would normally do. Um, and I was just so proud that I found it for such a good deal. And, uh, like, so I was talking about that around the bonfire. We go into his house and, you know, we were hanging out for a bit. Um, we ended up, uh, we ended up, you know, macking on each other a little bit, you know, smooching a bit, uh, in his house. And to give you a little bit of background, so I had just gotten my car, um, and it was like, uh, when, when was this? So this must have been December of like 2016. Yeah. So this is like December of 2016. Um, so I got my car a few months earlier, like September. And the fire or the, the, um, what is it called? The car alarm would not stop going off in the middle of the night, like to the point where I would put it in the garage, it would still go off. And the dealership was like, you can leave it with us and we'll figure out what's going on with it. But we'd have to keep your car overnight to observe why it's doing that. And I was like, well, I can't do it without that. You know, like, I don't want to be without a car. And it had just had these other issues. My car has been a lemon since the day I were at home anyway. But so what they did was they disabled the, um, theft, uh, you know, the, the car alarm because it wouldn't stop going off. And so I didn't have a car alarm and I didn't tell people that, but, um, 
so we were sitting inside, you know, just like hanging out and chatting. And like, again, we started like smooching on each other and it kind of led to other things. And, um, so we were inside for a couple of hours. So this was maybe from like 3am to like, I don't know, like five or 6am. So I go outside cause I forgot I had left my purse outside. And so I went outside and I discovered that my fucking window had been smashed and like again there was only a handful of people there so I don't know if it was like his friends or if it was someone that came by and was like prowling cars again we were out in the middle of nowhere nobody else's stuff got stolen but again I had a fucking Chanel bag sitting on my seat like and I left I left the car locked but I like didn't think to bring my purse in. It was, it was stupid. It was just such a dumb thing. Um, but yeah, so I like come outside a couple hours later and discover that my car had been broken into. And I was like, oh, are you kidding? And so Ian, he like comes out and he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That's so awful, you know? And he was like, did you have like a huge attachment to anything in there? And I was like, well, I don't have my ID. Like, uh, you know, like they, I had a bunch of money in it. So this was like December 25th and I was supposed to mail out rent the next day. So I had an envelope with money in it to pay rent and cause I had to go get a money order. And so I had like $800 in cash in my fucking purse, like an idiot. And I had like this expensive purse and like my ID and all my credit cards, like they were like, everything was gone. And I was just like, that fucking sucks. And I was like, Merry fucking Christmas. Like I was so upset. And he was like, I'm so sorry. You know? And again, we were only inside for like a little bit of time, but anyway, nobody had seen anything. No one heard anything. Um, but then his friends were like, Oh yeah, we're going to head out. (laughs) And I was saying how I was going to like file a police report, which I did. And they're like, yeah, we're going to go. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And then later Ian told me that he thought his friend like probably stole my stuff. And I was like, well, why do you have friends like that? That like steal from people like that's you know, questionable. Um, but because of that situation, he was like, let me, let me pay for your window. You know, he's like, that's the least I can do. And he's like, I'm not going to buy you a new Chanel purse, but like, and I was like, also I only got it for 10 bucks. So I wasn't that attached to it, but it was like kind of shitty that I like had my rent money stolen like on Christmas and like my car that I just got, got broken into. And so like, I'm a pretty even keeled person, but I was like, that just sucks. You know, I just, it's a shitty thing. And so he offered to, to pay for my window to be replaced on my car. Um, cause he felt bad and like, was pretty sure that his friend had done it. Um, so he set up an appointment at like a uh, safe light and he was like, yeah, just put it, you know, just put it on my credit card and like whatever it costs, I'll pay for it. And so he like paid to have my, <laughs> my window fixed. Um, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, dude, like if these are the types of people you hang out with, if, if that's like my first impression of you is that your friends are like, well, coke heads is what he said. But I was just like, so not impressed. Even though he was a nice guy, I was just like, oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't be dating this guy. Um, but yeah, um, he did, um, you know, want me to like spend the night. 
<laughs> and he was like, I'm sorry. You know, he's like, you can still stay, you know, you can sleep it off a little bit and we can deal with it later. And I was like, no, like, I'm just going to go home and like, you know, vacuum this fucking glass out of my car. Um, and so, yeah, like he, he had this like shop vac and he was like, he shop backed it a bunch and got most of the glass out of there. But I remember when I got into my car to leave, he was like, I really hope this doesn't like discourage you. Cause I really like you. And like, again, I'll pay for your window. I feel so bad. And he was just very genuine and very sweet. And, you know, he just felt so bad about the whole situation. He's like, I'm a good guy. You know, I know my friends are idiots, but like, you know, I, I don't want you to think like, you know, that you have to worry about me. Um, but yeah, so I was just like, so like, oh, this is such a bad sign. This is like not a good way to start out something like that. Anyway, so I, he paid for my window to be repaired, which again was really sweet. And then, um, so I agreed to go on a second date with him, which was later. Um, and, uh, he, <laughs> so he wanted to take me to the marina where he like, um, where, where the, the boat that he works on, um, for like the coast guard stuff and for the fisherman stuff, um, goes out of, right. Which is like kind of around Ballard area. Um, so there was like the, a little marina around there. And so he takes me to this marina and he tells me all about his job and like, you know, goes into like a lot of detail. And we stop at this like little memorial area. And he, he was saying like, this is a memorial for one of my friends that died on one of our last like voyages. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's awful. And then he starts like openly weeping and I didn't know what to do. (laughs) And I was like, ah, this is so uncomfortable. What do I do? What do I do? (laughs) And he's just like sitting there crying. And I was like, "Uh, do I, what do I, uh, help, you know, like it was just so awkward and weird for me. So like, I, I didn't know what to do. I just sat there awkwardly as he cried and was like looking around, like somebody help me. I don't know what's happening right now. Um, and I was like trying to comfort him. And like, again, it was such like a vulnerable moment. And what I should have done was been, been like, Oh, like hug him or like be affectionate or like do something to calm him down. But I didn't know what to do because the whole thing was just so fucking weird. And I was just like, just sitting there awkwardly, like kind of like, uh, 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 and so like, he just like had this like grand display of, of emotions and he was obviously very touched by the whole moment. And he was like, excused himself and like went into like a little building they had there and like, kind of like collected himself. And I was just remember sitting there just being like this guy, like that was too much for me. Like that was so overstimulating. I didn't know what to do. And again, like, I think it was just like the suddenness of it. Like he obviously was very overcome with his emotions and I just like was not prepared for it. And so like he was set to, to go off on another like, uh, trip I guess, um, in like a couple weeks. And he said something like, I won't have cell service. I'm not on Facebook, but you can email me. And he gave me his email and I just like, didn't email him (laughs) after that. Like, I just like, didn't call. We never went out again. He like, even when he got back, um, like I didn't talk to him. Like he was a nice enough guy. It was just like, the whole thing was so weird. And I was so weirded out by like, 
the fact that my car got broken into on the first date and the second date was so fucking weird. I just like didn't call him after that. But yeah, it was weird. It was so weird. <laughs> um, and I feel bad because he's a sweet guy. Um, good stuff. Very cute. Very cute guy. Um, again, he's like redheaded, like kind of gruff and he's like a fisherman. So he's like, you know, he just like, he had like a really nice body. He was really in shape. Um, you know, again, he had a very sexy profession. You know, he's like a fisherman and like worked in the coast guard. Um, and he'd tell me all these stories and I was just like, Oh, what a manly man, you know, like it's just very sexy and just very gruff burly dude. Um, he's very sweet, very generous. Um, you know, it, from the sounds of it, the people he had in his life, he was always like helping, like even his friend James, he had, the reason he suspected that he might've broken into my car was he was like, yeah, James was like asking me for money. And like he, and he said something while we were all hanging out that made me kind of put two and two together. Like when we we're all around the bonfire, James had said something like, oh yeah, I'm always finding people's IDs. <laughs> and I was like, you're finding people's IDs. And then after that happened where my purse and like everything got stolen, um, I was like, Hmm, maybe you find them in the wallets that have, that are stolen. <laughs> but yeah, so he had said that James had asked him for money and he like gave him money. Um, but he was just like a very generous dude. Um, and even before he went on this like trip, you know, he was like, I'm going to be gone for a couple months. He was like, if you want, you could just like move into my house and just like live there rent free and just like take care of it while I'm gone, you know? And I was like, uh, I've only really known you for a couple weeks. And like of the interactions that we've had, they're really weird. So like, I don't know if that's kind of where I'm at. So thank you. That is such a sweet offer. Um, but I'd rather, you know, get to know someone before I like, you know, move into their house, even though he wouldn't have been there, but whatever. Um, he was just a very sweet, generous guy. And I think it was like, there's a certain level of like trusting or like overly trusting or like naive, but that's a really good quality to have in somebody, you know, to have somebody that's like so giving and so like generous, but it was just, to me, was kind of a weird red flag. Um, He's very patient, very patient dude. Obviously the people in his life were just very, um, you know, like he was just very giving and, you know, never seemed to question it and, you know, just kind of whatever people needed, he would just give that for them. Um, obviously he was very sensitive guy, arguably overly sensitive. Like I, I tend to be a bit more aloof and, and callous and that's something I'm working on. I'm trying to be a bit more, it's not that I'm not compassionate. It's just, I, sometimes I have a hard time with like the emotional stuff and like, especially if it's such an overwhelming like display of affection or a display of emotion, it just kind of makes me shut down. And so that was something where I was just like, I felt he was, he was overly sensitive. And if anything, I was under sensitive, you know, like, or insensitive is probably a better word. Um, but he did have a good head on his shoulders. You know, he had his own home. He lived on a ranch. Like he had a good career that he was really passionate about. So I could tell that he like really wanted someone to like settle down with. And that just wasn't me at the time. Um, weird stuff. Yeah. He wanted me to house sit, uh, like live in his house, like rent free. Um, which again, I was, I was kind of like, this was like a week before, 
I, I went to go visit, um, Adam in Dallas. So like, I didn't know that that was going to start happening where like Adam and I were going to try working things out. So I think the timing was just all wrong. Um, otherwise he would have been a perfectly good guy to date. Um, you know, but he was also gone for like half the year. Like, I think I could have very easily dated someone like that where I wouldn't have to like worry about them being in my space all the time. Like, again, I really value my independence and being able to like do things on my own and have my own life. And like, that's one reason I stay single is because I just really don't like having to like worry about someone else when I want to do stuff. And that sounds really selfish, but it is, (laughs) you know, like I really appreciate being able to just do things I want to do. And like when I'm in a relationship, when I'm committed to somebody, that's so different. Like I am so committed to them. I try to be very loyal. It's just until that point, until that's established, like, I don't feel like I really owe people things. Like, um, you know, like if I want to do something and my partner doesn't, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do it by myself. Um, if you know, there are things that like I want to do and my partner isn't comfortable doing, like I don't have an issue venturing off on my own. I have enough of an identity by myself where I don't need to necessarily feel validated in that relationship to, you know, like there are people who they are serial monogamous because they don't necessarily feel like they can be alone. I'm kind of the opposite. I really like being alone and I like being left alone. And when I have relationships that like require too much of my time, I see it as like not worth the energy because I I really appreciate and value my, you know, time by myself. Um, yeah, some more weird stuff. His coke had friends, his words, not mine. Uh, you know, and the fact that he like openly cried in front of me on like our second date. That's just a little too vulnerable. And I've told people this story before and they're like, whoa. (laughs) But again, it was for a good reason. Like obviously he was really close with his friend and his friend had just recently passed. And that's a very like, you know, grief is just such a crazy thing and it makes people do crazy stuff. But it was just, I wasn't prepared for it. I think if I had maybe known him a bit more and we had more of that emotional connection that that would have been more appropriate. But just like as a second date, it was just a little too much for me. And I got a little overwhelmed by that. Um, lessons learned go purse first into a party. Like don't leave your stuff in your car. Like don't carry around that much cash again. Like I lost all of it. Um, and that ended up creating problems for me. Um, and I had to like put that money together. Um, like at the last minute, like right after Christmas, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, like always have your stuff, your valuables with you. If you are going to like, you know, go somewhere and you don't want to bring in the valuables, like hide it or like put it in your trunk or something. But I was just an idiot and just left it there. Like not realizing that like a lot of property theft happens around Christmas. Like it's unfortunate, but like it's a really generous time of year, but it's also like a really good time to, to target people. Um, unfortunately. So yeah, you know, I hope, I hope whoever ended up with my purse, uh, gave it to their girlfriend and they had a great Christmas. Um, truly, I, I truly hope so. Um, but yeah, I didn't. (laughs) 
I did not have a good Christmas and I was really upset because it was like the first like nice thing I'd like really owned and well the the car and the purse you know it was like the first like nice things I, I really had as an adult and they were both kind of like taken from me and like on top of like the inconvenience of having to go get a new license and like having to like replace all my cards and to lose that much cash and like have to deal with the broken window. I remember when I closed my door to like leave, I could hear the glass like shaking around inside my car door, like a fucking maraca. And I was like, Oh, this sucks. And I remember I was driving home and I remember feeling this like twinge of pain in my leg and I was like what is that and I like reached under my thigh and like grabbed a piece of glass that was like stuck in my leg and it was like I kept finding glass to this day I still find glass in my car and it's been like years and I vacuumed it so many times so it's just like the inconvenience of it and then the the window to like my driver's side car door like has never been the same since like I had to have so many times like I had to go in so many times to like get it fixed like because it would come off the track or it wouldn't like roll up properly like so I've had so many issues with that specifically that just made me so upset um and every time I remember I'm like if I just hadn't gone out with that guy none of this would have happened. So those are the lessons learned, I guess. Um, you know, just, just kind of bring your valuables with you. I don't think I necessarily learned anything from being with him. Like, I guess like if anything, maybe be more compassionate and in the moment and like try to connect with people. I just didn't really know how to, and I just got overwhelmed and I shut down. And I know that wasn't what he needed. He probably needed comfort and understanding. And I like just did, was not at the point where I could have given that to him. Um, repeated mistakes. I left my stuff in, in my car, valuable stuff. Um, and you know what? Like I still do it <laughs> from time to time. Um, if I'm too lazy to come get something out of my car, I'll just leave it, but I'll like throw a jacket over it or like put it in the trunk or something. So I do, I do still do that. It's just not that obvious when I do it. Um, would I date him again? Yeah. Yeah, I probably would. Um, he's a sweet guy. You know, I think I was just kind of weirded out and the timing was weird because I ended up trying to work things out with Adam, like as soon as he left, essentially. Um, like, so Ian was leaving around New Year's and I was going to be in Dallas. So by the time I came back, he was gone and he was like, you know, off doing his own thing. And I was just like, yeah, maybe I should just not pursue this with this guy. Cause now I'm trying to work out things with me and Adam that didn't last very long, but still, um, like I basically ghosted him. Um, even though he didn't like have access to a phone, I just like never emailed him. Um, things I want to thank him for. Thank you for being really sweet and understanding and for paying for my window. Um, that was a really sweet thing. He definitely didn't have to do that. He could have just been like, that sucks. <laughs> Thanks for coming over and hanging out and shit. Uh, good luck, you know, but he was really sweet and he like just was very genuinely like sorry about the whole situation, which again, wasn't his fault. Um, if anything, it was my fault for leaving my stuff in the car or, you know, arguably his friends who probably broke into my car. Again, I'm not totally sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Um, and yeah, it was just really sweet. And he also like, you know, offered to, 
<laughs> you know, like have me come live at his house. That's pretty cool of him to offer. Again, it wasn't really something I was looking for, but that was a really sweet thing. It just shows kind of the type of guy he is, um, very much like all in, but I was just like still warming up to him and was kind of getting some weird vibes from everything that had happened leading up to that. Um, things I'm sorry for, uh, you know, not putting in the effort to stay in touch, you know, like I'm sure it's like lonely when you're on a boat for months at a time. And like, even if I didn't like want to necessarily have a serious relationship with him, you know, I could have still chatted with him and like at least kept him company a little, um, and see where it went. You know, I've thought about like reaching back out to him at times, but you know, in theory, I really like the idea of somebody that's off doing their own thing for months at a time, but I think in practice, it would be really difficult to do. Like I'm a very affectionate person. I tend to like to see people pretty frequently, even if I'm off doing my own thing, like I could disappear for weeks at a time and be fine. But then like when I want to see somebody or when they want to see me, it's nice to be able to like actually spend that time together and have that like in-person time and like cuddle time is really important. Um, I've also done long distance relationships and that's basically what it would be because he's in Alaska for most of the year. Um, and I think there are ways to make that work. It's just, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to do sometimes. And so I don't know. I think if I were to you know, if I would have kept in touch with him, I think eventually the timing could have possibly worked out. But again, you know, I ended up moving to to Dallas and then I moved back and uh, ended up dating someone else. So like, it's just the timing didn't work out. But I think were if, if things were to align and maybe if he had a different circle of friends, I would be interested in dating him. It's just, you know, there's certainly challenges that come with that. And I think just kind of given the first couple of impressions I had from him, I was just like so weirded out by the whole thing. And looking back, it's such a weird little things to be kind of turned off someone by, but I was very interested in him. I really liked him. Um, you know, in terms of like our chemistry, you know, we got along quite well physically. We got along well. It was just, you know, it, yeah. You know, I, I think I was just weirded out. Um, he just unfortunately didn't make a great impression. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry for, for, you know, not following up, um, or like putting in the effort, uh, and essentially ghosting you. That was not cool. Um, I don't know. Maybe our paths will cross again sometime. Maybe not. Um, but I hope he's out there and I hope he's happy. Uh, I hope his friends aren't stealing his shit. That would be cool. Um, but yeah, so that's the story of Ian. Uh, he's the, (laughs) when I was recording these episodes, I realized that a lot of these guys I'm talking about this weekend, they're all, they all have something in common. They all live in Bothell. (laughs) So this is the Bothell Boys series. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks for listening and have a great day.